This is a broadcast of love and light. Our quantum conversation begins shortly. We begin with a sound bath of plant music. As we know, plants are here to raise our vibration. This is the music of plants as the energetic signature of a petite orchid, a mini orchid, was picked up and converted into musical notes. This is a plant music activation of truth. listening to the musical expression 
of the plant kingdom. This was a petite orchid and a plant music activation for truth. This music is available in the marketplace at AcousticHealth.com and you're invited to join us this weekend in an online plant music sound bath, a journey in consciousness as we interface as a group with the plants. Available at AcousticHealth.com Quantum Conversations begins in a moment. Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. As we continue to talk on mastery and our sovereign energetic field. We're going to take a look at what keeps us from this bliss, from this mastery. It all comes down to past trauma, whether this is trauma as young children in past lives that we carry with us in this life. It's the trauma that must be transmuted. So how can we actively transmute this trauma within us? My guest today is an expert at it, and she's come up with archetypal trauma areas to heal. Christine Esdell is here for this quantum conversation. Christine, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Path is a little bit unusual in that sense, and as someone who is primarily a claircognizant, I have, from a very early age, just been drawn to do certain things, and so after I had initially finished my bachelor's and some graduate work, I I just felt this real drawing to move overseas. And um, so I had looked into doing grad work, and, and I had ended up moving and starting studying at the University of Oslo in Oslo, Norway. And it's, it's funny how the, the logical brain will get all these logical reasons for why you're doing it, and, and your soul shows you later why you go and it was fascinating for me because when I was there I began to see 
uh, and experience a great deal more sensitivity to the unseen realms than I had ever done before, um, even though I had a very deep connection with nature and animals. So it was just really waking up around me, whether it was um, just uh, experiencing ghosts in houses because the houses are much older or um, spirits on old Viking sacred sites. And so it was a, quite a bit around me. And then we had did some traveling in, in both England and France, and they're also really noticing a lot of Neolithic sites and having quite a few interesting experiences that I didn't quite understand very well then, but was incredibly intrigued. And it was just kind of the start of my study of energy work. Yes. We're going to continue with your story, but I want to interject here sure. and ask about the, the ghosts and the spirits because that mm-hmm. is one entryway into the spiritual world. That was for me as well, and I was scared at first. Do you mind sharing your story of some of the experiences that you had there? No, absolutely. I mean, it was everything from uh, one of the houses I stayed in having just noticing the energy was kind of funny in pockets of the house and mm-hmm. and then noticing when other people in the house were sleeping the lights would turn on and off just yeah. like it was talking to me uh-huh so what did you do um well on that one i just went and turned it off because it was <laughs> it was getting a little annoying and i said hey you know that's it i'm going to bed here <laughs> you were not frightened because of your connection as a child you were not frightened uh you know, at that time period, I was a twinge, but I was mostly annoyed, and I think the annoying annoyance was more helpful. So it got your attention. Yes, it did. And it was actually good because then when I saw them much more clearly, as in very clearly in the room when I was in France, I uh, that was startling, but it was very helpful that I had experienced some of it before. And likewise, in Salisbury, I experienced quite a bit. So did you work with anyone? Did you ask anyone? Did you have someone to help explain what that was? Uh, You know, I think it was more puzzlement. And what I was really appreciative is um, the people I was around over there, my husband and and some of his friends, they were familiar with this sort of phenomena. And so they didn't they didn't say you're imagining it, which was very helpful. So they were supportive in that sense. Did they understand, yes. oh yeah, it's a spirit, it's a ghost, it's an yes. old place. And in one of the, the buildings in Salisbury, um, there was a woman present who who regularly spoke to that ghost and she said, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, he's acting up. So she okay. she could watch the whole interaction going on. So that was really helpful for me. Okay, just very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I've got a ghost story as well in Mm -hmm. my life. It was in my house, and someone there helped me clear her out. She was, anyway, I won't go into the story, but it freaked me out. And so wonderful that you had people there uh, that were comfortable and created a space for you to be comfortable with it so you didn't get freaked out. It is helpful because I have to say when when I initially experienced seeing the one very vividly in France, I I was a twinge freaked out because you experience the energy of it and the energy is not very uplifting. 
Yeah. And it's really hard to keep stable when, when you're noticing their energetic presence. It does intrigue me because it is a rabbit hole, if you will, for those who are awakening, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mostly didn't go down that ra- rabbit hole a lot. I, I have been more of the mindset of, okay, hi, hello, you're there. Do you need something? And then, you know, moving on with it. Because you can really spend a lot of time talking to them, and I felt it was it wasn't really my job. You know, it's just being very mindful of the astral as a place where they'll say a lot of unpleasant things to you, and if you mm. really want to spend time hearing all their stories, you can. You know, and there's a time and place for it. But um, I guess initially I was not really comfortable with it, so then I didn't because of that. And then as I got more experienced, I, I understood it. It wasn't really necessary. You can, but not really necessary. Thank you for sharing those stories. And, and my one last question is, sure. when you vividly saw this one in France, was it just like a being living in the same space with you? I saw it extremely vividly. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was um, a bit funny because I was I, we were sitting at a dinner table and I was the only one who saw it and they just passed through the room and it was clearly someone who used to live there mm-hmm. and they were in a nightgown with one of those old-fashioned nightcaps on and there it was a woman and she had long hair that was flowing out from under the nightcap and so I did see it quite vividly. All right. Well, thank you for sharing on those stories and so mm-hmm. um, please continue then on on this awakening process. Well, I guess, you know, it got me really curious about uh, things, and one thing led to another, and I had someone showing up and giving me a crystal, and I thought, what do I want a crystal for? Because I sort of viewed myself as an academic, and I thought, I I don't know if I'm really comfortable with that, and this was way back, you know, in uh, 1990, and so I was a little puzzled, and so she told me what to do with it, and I thought, okay, sure. And I took that crystal aside and I said to it, okay, you do something now or, you know, you're going in the drawer. I don't care. (laughs) So was this another being? It was a friend who gave me the crystal. And I I did hold the crystal then and imagine energy. And my -hmm. whole arm lit up and was just on fire. And then I thought, okay, fine, there's something here. Yep. Activating, reactivating you. Yeah, it was completely. And so then I ended up taking some crystal healing and and learning a great deal. And so that was kind of my entry point with um, studying energy work. And one thing led to another with um, a lot of past life, parallel life things and, you know, healing traumas, doing shamanic work and and you literally have woven your lights in so many places around the world. I love that. Um, beautiful. We could call you a grid keeper. Yeah. I mean, some of the places I, I've lived, so I've worked very actively on them uh, year-round for a number of years. And then other places just when I'm visiting, you know. And I try to stay in a place a number of days so that you really tune into the energy there and are not just passing through quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, absolutely. Like many people, I've worked grids and planted crystals, both for clearing like a battlefields and, and readjusting things that have been a little wonky. And it's been interesting because I've worked with angels on that one, but the, the fairies have often jumped in and said, hey, we'll, we'll help. 
And it's mm-hmm. interesting seeing them just go at it. They yeah. do work in unison with us, with yeah. our consciousness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, I really appreciate your role on the planet in this whole process. So we're going to talk a little bit about the work that you do as you've gone around to these various places in the world. That was actually you reclaiming parts of yourself and very doing, true. Very yeah, true. and doing the work with the land. Um, and there's all a purpose there. And so this leads us into really healing archetypal trauma within ourselves. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But first, I, I'd like you to talk about how the thinning of the veils is affecting lightworkers today. We are in a year massive with upgrades. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are reporting light language, speaking it suddenly, telepathy with emails and phones. What is, what's happening? Well, you know, you, we, we can actually turn back the clock, and really, it's, it's been happening for a while. It's just getting so obvious we can't look past it. And, and a lot of the aspects you have mentioned are, are the fun parts. Hey, you know, I'm speaking light language and, and these fun synchronicities. Uh, f- you know, you can tell your friends saying hi, and then they text you or, or they call, and you're like, oh, how about that? Mm-hmm. And you're not even sure. Did, did my thinking of them trigger them, or was it I'm tuning into them sending a message? And we're not even sure. Yeah. And then on a greater level, it's, you know, we're turn, tuning into the collective consciousness. And whether it's of your area, you know, your local community, or the consciousness uh, of your, your state or your country, uh, or the regional area. And they, they all have kind of different energetic signatures, if you will. And, and so we, we tune into different groups i think more so you know when you're when you're you see the contrast when you're traveling from place to place that the frequency literally is very different Mm -hmm. yeah and i think more people are becoming very consciousness of uh, conscious of that right now um Mm -hmm. but i think one of the things that has really showed up on my radar as an issue last year last year's summer was of course Noticing not just the, the the duality consciousness conflicts playing out in the in like in the news and political arena, but really mm-hmm. seeing that there's a lot of shadows coming out, and even mm-hmm. within the light worker community, that there really was a growing amount of divisiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, at first I was a bit dismayed, and then I had to just say, you know, uh, what is this? Uh, and how do we understand what's going on and understand how to negotiate it with it um, and work through it? You know, and the, where's the silver lining in this whole lesson? And here I am. And here we are. Yes. And one of the things, you know, I've been just struck with is, is with the thinning of the veils, you know, we are very much in tune with the, the negative energy uh, and and like playing out of fear. So like if I think good many people are noticing this last year, like they'll feel this disconnected feeling of anxiety or sadness, and, and they 
can, uh, um, you know, reflect, there's nothing really going on in my life that's sad. Mm-hmm. Or no, no real anxiety here. And and then you happen to click on the news and then you see, oh my goodness. Yeah, they're feeling it. Yes, from oh others. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Something, you know, there's just been a huge release of fear as something has happened and mm. people are all connecting into that and then magnifying it by, if you're joining in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as light workers, we can see this as, well, yes, it can be a little heavy some days, but but also as a role of transmuting it and how do we actively transmute and participate mm-hmm. in processing that out of the collective so that it's less heavy. And I, I know there's a lot of light workers who've been very mindfully working with this, and it's, it, I mean, it clearly is a whole lot better than last year, much, much lighter. But one of the things I see very clearly this last year that I think is still a real primary issue is is this the inner traumas that we're all um, still working through. And this can be a little frustrating because many of us, you know, have been on this path for a long time and we're like, goodness, why am I getting triggered, especially these last two years, far more than before? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done so much work. Why? And really, it's very fascinating because it is hitting such a deep level of of the, the high frequency energy, especially when the solar energy comes in, you know, and is activating everybody. It, it is literally forcing any memories on a cellular level to come up and say hello for you to <laughs> notice them and let go. And let go. Yeah, and let go. And so anything that doesn't align with the higher self on a crist- on the crystalline level, anything that's still in the cellular le- level is being forced up into our consciousness. And, and so, you know, that becomes a little overwhelming, especially I see a lot of people you see on Facebook is very interesting for spontaneous responses from groups and seeing people. Uh, responding and saying, you know, they're getting anxiety or they're, they're getting triggered a lot. And and I see the same thing with um, my clients, you know, the, especially this summer. And, uh, you know, it, trying to demystify it and, and not and take away the shame so people don't feel like, oh, it's only me. And what am I doing wrong that I'm not just walking around in bliss? You know, and feeling the peace and unity thing. And, and I, I think it's really important that we don't do this sort of spiritual bypassing or gaslighting and making people feel like you should be shamed into shutting up or feeling that if you're experiencing these things, you're not doing any work because you, you very well could have been doing, doing a lot of working on your karma, but, or, or your ancestral karma. Uh, but it's still popping up anyway. And, and so I think it's really good that it's being talked about. Yeah. Well, I see people acting. I'm not saying everyone. This is where light workers no. must no. hold their vision of new earth and really embody. This is where the present moment now is very important. But in 
the collective in a variety of ways, but I see it as well even in traffic. Uh, there's sure. a, sure. it's it's that trigger, mm-hmm. and so when we see leaders, politicians, other people, even on social media, acting in a way that's not so becoming. Hopefully that's a call for them to take a look at that and not blame others. That's part of the awakening as well. And that might not be so pleasant to look at. As lightworkers, we don't try to convince anyone. Do you think that this is our sovereign journey when we realize we have to rise above that and have integrity, treat people kindly, be compassionate. Yes, of course, we know that. It's just interesting that we see our leaders acting not so nice to each other, and then it's happening out amongst us as well. Well, I think, you know, it's a great reminder that I think we can assume most of our leaders are not having as a goal to operate from 5D. It's they're, they're not really focused on any of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's okay. That's, that's their, their, their path. And we, we are way showers for something entirely different. Uh, and, and maybe it's, a, you know, a reminder for us that we should not be waiting for any one person or group to save us. Mm-hmm. That we are all a part of holding the energy here and transmuting everything. And to really own that responsibility of owning our own sovereignty and and, and doing our part mm-hmm. um, at the same time with self care, you know, not not thinking we need to do it all because we're 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 all part of it and we inspire each other, which which is really beautiful. So it becomes a larger and larger network just through that. Yes, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Then how do we actively transmute this if we walk on the planet and feel it? Yeah, you know, and this is the tricky thing. Uh, what I've been working with this last year is because I I was noticing for myself when I wasn't doing a lot of very methodical work with my inner child, I was noticing that when I would get triggered these last two years that, I'll admit it. It's like, I was like, oh my goodness, the triggering is sending me off the deep end. It was like 10 times worse than it used to be uh, because of how we're manifesting things. And so then I was pulling in so much uh, energy and thought forms that were resonating with this. It was like they're, they glom, glob, glob onto you just quickly and, and then it just accelerates and it's really hard to step out of it. So, so part of it is understanding the process of what's going on in your own brain, looking at your traumas, working through them methodically, and, and also being aware of interference and how you can deprogram yourself, uh, de- um, disconnect from uh, a lot of the programming that's going on, uh, everything from just cultural programming, family programming, social programming, program you have at work to, to fit into groups, you know, mm-hmm. um, to to actually programming that's implants, etheric implants. And that's where it gets really crazy is seeing that 
there are so many of these layers of interaction and programming that when you start lifting it out, you're just really quite amazed that it, it's it's calm. It's funny. Mm. I, and I'm not going to even say that that you. It's not that you're walking around with the rainbows and unicorns. It's just calm. It's the eye of the storm. You can watch things, and and you you're more detached. It's it's the Buddha observation. You just kind of go, hmm, I see that. Yeah. yeah, we can see the matrix that. Yes. Here it is. It's interesting. We have been talking about this on this show, mm-hmm. and it is related to the trauma. Yeah, and, you know, if you think of it as we, we often talked about the consciousness and the aura and the soul, but if you think of it from a quantum physics point of view and you understand that there, there is kind of a mathematic configuration to your, your aura, it's, it's a quantum field. It's a quantum field, and just like all quantum fields, we're constantly interacting with other fields. So it's a constant interplay, and, and so getting so that you can work through your traumas and do a lot of the clearing and, and owning your sovereignty by doing this and, and just being aware of it. And what I found in the process, it, it's, it really peels away your fear of any of this and just being able to say it is what it is well hello you know whether it's um whether it's you're being triggered and you're you're seeing your a a sad side of yourself as a child or you realize it's an ancestral thing coming up Mm. or whether you know you're, you're getting a lot of clear ai or cyborg intervention in your dreams, you know, it's, it's all, it's all okay. It, it's all part of the crazy that we're, we're living in. And, and you don't need to be living in fear of it or afraid to go to sleep. Uh, nor do you need to disappear into thinking about it all day. Absolutely not. Because ultimately understanding all of this is just about helping us being able to hold more light and be kinder, more balanced, amazing people who spread, who who inspire other people to kindness. Simply that. Isn't that beautiful? That's so, that's precious. Yeah. That's our and, role. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see, I mean, there's many people who are not specifically light workers who really feel a calling to just be very dedicated to being kind. And also the key here, the logical mind needs to take a step aside because it tends to pressure us and say, you should be doing more. If you're a light worker, uh-huh. you should be creating products or training people. Or, But if all is done is bringing light to a hospital because you're taking care of a family member, uh-huh. that is a beautiful role. And so it's important Absolutely. to really like be Absolutely. easy on ourselves too. You know, we were talking that we're feeling this step up call. Light workers mm-hmm. are feeling this step up call for 2020 to assist people, others who are going to be awakening because of the light that is coming in us and through us. In that step up call, 
again, this self-care is important not to pressure ourselves. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, sometimes pressuring yourself is also just saying, you know, with some of these energy waves, I, I really need to sleep what seems like a crazy amount of amount for me. Like I need to sleep 10 hours today and then take a nap, you know, and just honor that. Or, you know, I need to maybe fast for the weekend because it's not working. And, and you know, it's it's easier for me to hold the energy clearly with without the distraction, but sometimes, you know, it is just saying, I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm too tired and I'm canceling my appointments today because I just need a time out. And, um, okay. and noticing that that's a belief system if someone has an issue with it. Yeah. I think most people are pretty good with it. Um, Explaining and yes, hopefully most are, right? So, um, this is where we tune in to our body, what we need to eat, what we need to do, how we exercise. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, self-care is also just looking how we, we manage our consciousness, you know, and, and well, not necessarily expecting too much from us, ourselves, but, but also managing, am, am I being a little bit more extroverted than, than is healthy for me? And, <laughs> And what I mean that is like in, in yogic philosophy, they have a concept of that you have only so much energy that can be used for a spiritual purpose, for like reaching alternate states in meditation. And if you're not conserving that energy, you're, you're not going to get more of it in the lifetime. And I found that a very interesting thing when I first heard that. I was like, oh, that's terrible. And then I had to step back and go, uh, okay, I think there's something to this. You know, we have a limited amount of energy, all of us, and, and, and needing to rest up and really honor that. And that's true. I mean, if you, I think most of us have noticed if we're extremely exhausted, we just, just do not have a really powerful meditation. We, we cannot mm -hmm. do it. It's very difficult. It's hard to work. You realize, okay, I'm going to get triggered in a way that I might not if, I, if I'm normal and rested up. Mm -hmm. And so being aware of that. Um, and I think maybe that's a little bit more challenging when you're around people who are not as energy sensitive, who are not processing this energy as we are. We, we feel a little weird and we feel a little guilty. <laughs> Yes, feeling guilty and all and, that. Yeah. And that's what we're saying is not to feel guilty for no. going to bed early, right? No. Cuddling up in bed with a book until you fall asleep. Yeah, Beautiful. absolutely. Well, you know, here's a funny little thought on that. When we would see uh, people coming from yoga class and just still being, you know, an extrovert, as you say, and amped up, we would just laugh and say, maybe you need to do a little bit more yoga. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is funny. Because I guess I'm thinking most of the yoga classes I, I've gone to, I, I'm so out of it that I could almost walk into the wall when I'm done. <laughs> right. Because mm -hmm. it, it takes me a while to come back. Yes. Especially because I often have the habit of when I do yoga, I close my eyes. So I'm just totally in the energy field. So beautiful. All right. Well, let's continue our conversation because... Sure. One of the topics we can pick up on other people's energy, especially around family members who yes. may not get that. 
And so part of our mastery is holding a stable frequency. Can you explain? I, I'd like to say that it, it is, it's from moving of a, from a place of being high sensitive to a place where you really just have, you have the Zen Buddha consciousness mm. and, and Christ consciousness. And, and it is a place where y- you do watch from detachment and compassion, great compassion, and, and you are triggered less and less. And it really, it does happen. And, I mean, six months ago I thought, wow, that was going to be really something to work towards. But I I have found that it really does happen if you methodically work through uh, systematically clearing things, that you just end up more or less being in that state. And you might have small fluctuations so that the large the large parts of the roller coaster ride of emotion are gone. It's just small, small degrees, and then you work on the small degrees. Yes, yeah. that's a beautiful metaphor of healing, healing the emotional trauma. There are five types of archetypal trauma that you've identified and that you work with and that you teach people how to methodically use to heal their trauma. Let's go into that a little bit sure. more. What are those five types? Uh, the the types are, uh, and they're, they're all types to be clear, that, that are traced to our childhood and perhaps also that are going from other past lives and might be accentuated from a parallel life, too, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are the, the traumas of abandonment, and and that might be like that you felt that you were uh, abandoned or orphaned as a child, or it could even just be that you felt emotionally abandoned by your parents. Perhaps they were... They had to work a lot, or maybe they were grieving and they just weren't even emotionally present for you. And it also can have the component of the core soul wounding. Like, uh, you know, a lot of us have had to work through the the wounding when you're co- the, the trauma of coming through the birth can tr- birth canal and knowing, oh my goodness, I'm feeling the vibration out there. And I'm mm-hmm. disconnecting from source. Mm-hmm. I'm being abandoned from source. Mm-hmm. And that trauma of just working through it and it's saying, well, it's, no, it's not really that you're abandoned by source. You're just, you have to find, get used to finding source frequency in the frequencies that are playing out on the planet. That's, that's all. Mm-hmm. And then there's abuse and that, you know, abuse can be emotional it can be physical it can be the sexual abuse and, and it can be the really really horrible aspect of sexual abuse the the satanic ritual abuse mm-hmm. that that is become where people are becoming a little more aware of that whether mm-hmm. it's in the media or have Finding friends who have are sharing that they had a child who was exposed to that, and just helping them heal from these 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 stories. They're they're pretty harsh, and I I think it's you know it's as a light worker it's so easier for us to go I want to run and hide when I hear stories if they're not mine because I've got enough. It's mm-hmm. easy to think that, mm-hmm. and and I 
I think it's important for us to say that, you know, even when we're standing in the light, there's still a shadow around us. It's, it's ours, and there's shadows from other things, and it's okay to turn around and say, Hi, Shadow. Mm-hmm. Hi, Shadow. Can I dance with you? Can I help you heal? Can I help you heal and not run from it? Mm. And you might not be able to fix it, but just to sometimes just acknowledge the other person's story and the, the horror of them. And and so, you know, it's, I, I think, you know, something as a society, we get better at not gaslighting and listening to people. Uh, but also, you know, that we, we don't get stuck in any of these abuses so that they become a part of our de- identity. So it's like something we need to have on a daily basis. Well, hi, I'm someone who has this trauma. You know, and that, that you know, was something a lot of us moved through. But I, I think it's really important not to get stuck with the identity attachment to a trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is impeccable awareness as we mm-hmm. go through that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones would be betrayal. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, you know. Uh, the, the betrayal, whether it's... Uh, for a child or a partner or a friend or or a betrayal of your own values. You can betray yourself by not sticking up for yourself or not being honest, you know. Mm-hmm. So it can be self-betrayal, denial, uh, not acknowledging that something's there. Yeah. And, and then the, the last trauma, rejection. And and as you see, a lot of these traumas, they kind of go around and interact with each other. So they're kind of interwoven to a certain degree. And, you know, all of us will have different versions of of all these traumas. But And, you know, and some people might have like maybe one or two really heavy duty and then not so much that they resonate on the other ones. And that's fine, you know. Uh, so it's just kind of being mindful, trying to take apart and be mindful of those different parts and healing them. Yes. Yeah. And what's really beautiful is when you can work within meditation with merging with your higher self and helping your higher self and your, your I am presence just really saturate those lower selves that are holding these traumas. And just going in and helping them let go again and again. Oh, my goodness. I know that people are feeling some of those issues. So Mm -hmm. can we take a moment right now for a quick process to really merge with the higher self for a moment and feel some healing around an issue of each of our choices? And I would just like to invite everybody to connect to their higher self. And whether this is something you do on a daily basis or if it's the first time you're doing this, it it really doesn't matter. And that higher self is simply the the most immediate connection you have to your, your higher soul and to God consciousness. And then just taking a couple deep breaths. And you'll notice the energy around you changes as you're starting to filter into this 
energy and connect to it. And it's usually associated with a ball of light about about two, three feet above your head. And so visualizing that ball of crystalline light, usually a white, golden, maybe platinum energy, and visualize that coming down through your crown chakra and pulling it down all the way through your different chakras down through your root chakra and sending it into the core of the earth and here we're going to connect to the crystalline core of the earth And you'll feel kind of almost like a little click when it connects. And I think I often find my heart chakra gets doubly activated when I'm connecting to the heart of the earth because there's so much love presence present there for us. And I'd like to invite you to just take a deep breath and invite some of that beautiful loving energy from Gaia to come up your light channel into your heart again. Just really energizing your body here. And then if there is a particular trauma that comes to mind quickly, it, it could be something that happened today that you were triggered by, or, or it could be a sad memory from childhood. And, and if it's a childhood memory, I'd like to invite you to tune into the image of you as a child and visualize what age you are. Maybe you're three, five, whatever, and what did you look like then? And you'll see the child and notice its body language. And you can just take a minute and ask the child what it's upset about and what it would like to say. And here we're, we're not judging the child or trying to tell them it doesn't matter because it did matter then. But simply saying that we love you and it'll be all right. And then imagine sending out like a ball of light from your heart that just encompasses the child, the, all of their body, and just holding that light around them. And it's not necessarily about showing them any solution or anything. It's just holding the energy there. And it's like sending them a great big hug. It's that unconditional love you're sending them.
And at some point, you'll notice when the child has felt they've had enough. And just thank them for coming and coming out and sharing with us today and letting you help them. And then you can invite the child to go out and play. And you can just notice how your own heart in the here and now feels. I find it fascinating that usually by doing these healings, we find our own heart is is doubly energized by, by this act of giving and sharing. And, and how we actually do have unconditional, an incredible unlimited version of unconditional love for ourselves. It's right there. It's right there. And then if you want, you can just start stretching and coming back into the present moment. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we are lit up, feeling very energized. I have a smile on my face. What a beautiful process there. What a beautiful connection and we can feel it. Thank you. You know, and as I've worked with this process over the years, what I find incredibly fascinating is, is I think, I mean, if you think about time as really not being linear, as something being very much in flux and movement, that literally are sending love in this moment or another moment back to us as a child, that might be the deciding factor that helped that child get through the day. Yes. It, it's that moment where you might not have been aware of it as a child where you suddenly felt it's going to be okay or it'll be okay oh. and I'm going to go out and play. Wow, I get that. Yeah. It, it is like in the wow. one... Who, yeah, yeah. It, That's it's quantum. Really, yes. It is quantum. It's almost time travel. It is time travel. Wow. So we each look back at moments. I remember being so sad. My mom had suddenly passed and suddenly I just felt this energy just lift. Oh my God, I think it was this moment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it it is really incredible when you think about there moments when no one actually, no one else actually said anything to you and you just, your energy shifted enough that it was okay. (laughs) Wow, that is cool. Oh, so we literally can go back and yes support our child mm-hmm. and also rewrite the timeline. No matter where we are in that timeline or what age. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. it's quite crazy. And yeah. then I also felt when we were doing that process, uh, I felt a parallel life as mm-hmm. well off Mm -hmm. that and definitely we carry that from past lives Um, we've also learned that you know we choose to come in before this lifetime we came in many times the first 
well, for the last 150 or 200 years, taking on a lot of the pain to really clean it up on an ancestral level in mm -hmm. this lifetime. Yes. So, oh boy. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting you bring up the parallel life because, you know, there's this, you know, logical brain says, well, that's going to be kind of an endless job. I'll go in and I'll help. And then they keep going in their direction. And then I go in and I help. Mm -hmm. But it is that quantum field interaction. It's just like a friend that you lift up. And and after a while, your collective energy is so much easier to be in a good mood, both of you. And, and so you do do the positive bleed over into the parallel. Yes. That oh, even though they're they're still in process, it, it is helping. This is a massive cleanup from every choice that was not of love. Yes, yes. Wow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, you've got a special offer that's a very wonderful course that talks all about it. So tell us a little bit about that. And really, this is going to help us be in 5D embodiment while still being here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the offer is very much uh, because I was working both with myself and with other people and just seeing, you know, how when we're deeply in this 5D transition period, how, how do we hold the energy and how do we really methodically do this clearing and, and work with the interference and work from a place of no fear, just calm, love, it's okay. And, and to do this all in the middle of what most of us are doing is, is dealing with it in the middle of work, family, busy life around us. And, and all of those who may or may not be really actively looking at life through a very spiritual aspect. And, and so how, how do we do that? Because, you know, classically... You know, when like the Buddha was training or uh, monks, you know, they, they would go off and live on their isolation. And it's mm -hmm. a little bit easier to work through that and stabilize your frequency when you're not. And, you know, and I, I, I'm all for that. It, it's transformative. But I, I think there's many of us who are, are very committed to families, whether it's children or partners or extended family that we feel we need to be there for. We choose to be there for. Mm -hmm. uh, or people at work that we know we're doing a really important contribution and and that we just need some helpful tools to help us negotiate through everything when it's at a fast tempo. And and so uh, the, the different modules breaks it up into going through transcending your 3D 4D matrix and that's literally because we're we're in the middle of the 4D, and the 4D is the astral plane, and just getting to understand what that means for you personally. And this is a little different for everyone, and so getting a handle on how that looks like for you, how it could look like, and, and some tools to work creatively with it, both keeping the logical brain happy and busy, and and also tuning into the the meditative state and working with that creatively for manifesting and just bringing in a lot more clarity with what we're bringing into our field. And, and then the 
working with the archetypal traumas, healing our shadows, and, and breaking that down into working through that too. And they're also looking at it of how to rewrite our history and, and how to work with just sending love in this process. Then I also go on to looking at peacemaking skills because I think this is something that's not as talked about as it could. We we tend to think, you know, it's just this peace and we'll just send it out the intention and that's great. But sometimes, uh, sometimes you know, you're in situations and you're not really sure how to deal with a situation because it's something new or there's a lot of conflict going on around you in the room. Mm-hmm. And how to work with that in, in a productive way and and to understand your style of dealing with conflict and see how maybe it could be fine-tuned to have a little bit more authority. Yeah, or that's to, needed. <laughs> yeah, or or relax more. It, it is, it is uh, and all uh, the different ways you can have more authority and more sovereignty without, you know, you getting there before you are irritated and you know and that's one of those things I think a lot of us will feel guilty when we when we get angry but remembering that angry anger is usually just a signal that your boundaries have been crossed mm-hmm. and, and so if you're clear about your boundaries it, it usually doesn't get to being so triggered because you're just like okay we're, we're you know the boundary is here and I, I need to just remind them mm-hmm. and, and having a way of kind of working through that beforehand yes and being able to speak your voice in a mm-hmm. compassionate way yeah yeah mm. and I think having a real clear understanding of peacemaking skills makes you feel more confident about having authority in a conflict ridden situation mm-hmm. and understanding this is okay it's needed uh, it is assertive. It's not aggressive. They're different. Um, and and then, you know, hand in hand with that, going to the other module, self-care, self-worth, and, and how the energetic stability, you know, needs to be, comes with having the self-worth and self-care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then I also do have a module with, uh, working with practical skills of protection and clearing, and that's looking at the new dynamics within the the 40, uh, 40 astral plane right now. Because I think pretty much everybody is noticed it that grounding is different than it used to be ten years ago. It's not quite as easy, and the protection is a little crazier. And just to feel very confident and know how to do the different kinds of protecting and clearing you can uh, that work and, and how to come into that phase of sovereignty where it works. And so, and, and then I'm also looking at twin flame and family dynamics and how all that interplay works around you. And just a really a practical look at that and some love and compassion and and the fun aspects of it too. I mean, goodness, our twin fa- flame and our family are our mirrors. 
you know, there, there are brilliant mirrors for everything, whether it be, you know, oh, we're slightly getting triggered here or, you know, or they can see we're really tired and we need to go take a time out, even though we feel like we're committed to a project that we really just do need to take a time out and do some play. Play can be rejuvenated. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So there are video modules, and then there's some workbooks so that, that you have workbook things that you can work with so that you have, in a way, you compose journal entries on your own with things that you're working through. And then there will be two bonus meditations and two free live calls. So I'm really, really looking forward to it because they're, the, these are techniques that work. I see them work. It, it is utterly transformative. And when you go and stabilize your frequency is when you can hold a higher frequency because otherwise you go and activate and do activation, whether it's every day or every week or once a month, and you come crashing down again. And, mm-hmm. and you do the roller coaster. And it could be maybe just an exciting or an exhausting roller coaster. <laughs> or, or you you know, if it's really getting wild, it, it will be Mr. Toad's <laughs> wild ride at the amusement park. And you're, you're not sure what's going on. It's not so much fun. So, yes. Yeah. So smooth out that roller coaster ride with powerful tools. Yeah, very much. Yeah, they're ascension tools. They, they are. are ascension tools. Stabilizing yeah. our frequency Thank you so much for that. The videos are there, and the bonuses are there, and then the live calls with you on Zoom. That's really good support. You can ask Christine your questions on that. Those are really helpful because people, they get to share their experiences, and you can really work with them almost one-on-one, but in a group setting. Yeah, because a lot of the things um, other people will resonate with, you know, and, and I yeah. think it's ordinary that when you're working through these things, you 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 want to bounce off someone else, you know, this work, but, you know, I'm having a little issues with getting this process to line up, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, it's amazing what happens on these group experiences. Mm-hmm. We do mm-hmm. come with the same issues. It's so amazing. It's like um, it's being orchestrated from on high, how we all gather. And then I've seen little, I've seen healing across the nation from one person over here and one person over here sharing a similar story and both healing from it. Yeah. So it's amazing. So this, you could say this, I mean, I know a lot of, people are are getting clearings from others and I have done that too in my process and this is just moving on to a further level of sovereignty that you can do it every day or as often as you need whether that is every day or once a week that -hmm. you get very sensitive for owning your space and understanding what that feels like yes Uh, And so that's what you've done to bring this forward in a course is to really help people understand what that feels like. So we invite our participants in today's show to check out the special offer from Christine. Mm -hmm. It goes into detail on what's covered there. Christine, thank you so much for that. It is you stepping forth in this work to be of service. And we thank you. 
Yeah, you're you're so welcome, Lauren. It's just been a pleasure. One of my favorite quotes, which I believe is by Einstein, and and it's the quote that there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle, and the other is as though everything is a miracle. A reminder that absolutely every waking moment of our life can be that miracle if we want to embrace it. Yes. It really is there. And, and I know many of the viewers know this out there, and it's, you know, we're, we're all part of holding hands on this beautiful network and way showing together and sharing. And, and I just love how your, your program is a wonderful way of doing that. Everybody coming out and sharing their, their individual, their individual gifts and their individual light signature. And, you know, when we are not so distracted by, by trauma and fear or, yeah, or interference actually, yeah, it is so much easier to just be in that that just plain simple joy of being here and being being up for whatever's coming, you know. <laughs> and that's why, as we step towards unity in every now moment, yeah, we remember this and we heal from that trauma. There's yeah. beautiful things that await us. As we get this and as we transmute this, Christine Esdell, thank you so much for working with us in service and assisting us in our own quantum field. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, blessings and thank you to, to you, Loren, and everybody out there. And now as we dance our way to the cosmic heart, we're going to take another journey into plant music. This is an activation of self-love. Allow the frequencies of this healing plant music to release you from density. Enjoy. And if you love this music, join us this weekend for a plant music meditation. Available at AcousticHealth.com
Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.